Good morning. Before, before I say what I'm about to say, I just want to do something real quick. Um, it's, been a, it's been a pretty, this guy's been rough to us. This guy's been pretty rough. And uh, I think that we've been a little hard, hard on this guy. I, I've known him for 365 days. Um, but I just want to bring out, can we bring out 2016 just one last time? Just bring him out. Just, he's, he's been blamed for so many things this year and like just, there's been like lots of tragedies happen, happening like, you know, in the last weeks or so. And I just want to really say, say goodbye to 2016. Before I say Happy New Year, welcome to, okay, get rid of that thing now. Get rid of it, please. Happy New Year and welcome to 2017. So we have, we've entered the, the season now of resolutions, health and fitness goals, vision boards, vision boards, which I'm just learning about, actually, uh, good intentions this year, and, and positive outlooks for 2017. These are all good things. They're all really positive things. Gyms and fitness centers love this time of year. They love it because they're full, right? Some of us are like, I wouldn't know. <laughs> but so they're full during this time because everyone's getting fit now. Everyone's gonna get fit in 2017 and they're gonna be hitting the gym, waking up at 5, 30, 6 o'clock in the morning before they go to work. They're gonna be having that good routine for about six weeks, about six weeks at most, right? But goals and resolutions are, are usually positive. You don't usually hear somebody say, this year, I'm going to lose everything. I'm going to lose it all. Here we go. Bring it on. They're usually positive things. They are, you know, things that we aim for, uh, good things that are meant to improve our quality of life or the quality of life of, of others. But there's only one question that really matters above all. One question this morning. And I feel like I'm just in time, January 1st, 2017. Um, no matter what your goal, this one question should be on all of our minds. It's how will you get there? No matter what your goal, how will you get there? 17% of Americans actually make New Year's resolutions. 8% of all Americans actually complete it. Uh, you know, they, they actually complete their resolutions. They reach their goals. I believe that we get so busy focusing on this grand, huge goal that, that we don't take a minute to step back, map out, plan out, and analyze and create small steps to achieve them. So how, how will you get there? How will you attain or reach that goal or that resolution? So today I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you directions. I'm going to tell you what to do, where to go. Um, yeah. So take that. So let's, let's pray. Father, thank you for all that you are. Thank you because we are entering, beginning this new year uh, in your presence, corporate worship, Lord. And what a, what a great way to, to enter 2017 and uh, flip the page, you know, hit that checkpoint in our lives and, and, and set positive goals in our lives. In Jesus' name, just 
pray that you speak to and through me. Amen. So is it is it hard? Some of you, some some of the men here were like, I don't need directions, right? I don't need directions. I'll just I have gas money. I could you know go around for three hours and I'll I'll get there eventually. But I'm gonna I'm gonna give you directions. It's it's hard. It's hard for some folks to ask for directions to to pull over and say I'm I'm a little lost here. I need to go to to point B from point A. It's hard for me to ask for directions. I, I have to be honest with you. It's, it's hard, especially, especially when I have one of these things, right? A smartphone, uh, it's, it's difficult. It's got the GPS, it's got all this, all that good stuff. When people ask me for directions, I'm just like, really, like just, I'll just give you the address, punch it in your GPS, assuming you paid your cell phone bill, you should be able to, to get there, right? Um, and so, People ask me for directions, like, just, I'll just give you the address. I don't want to, like, spend 20 minutes telling you, telling you which way to go. Um, but in a way, it's kind of sad that the art of giving directions is almost becoming extinct. Like, almost gone are the days when you pull over at a gas station, right, and you're like, all right, I, I, need, I need directions. I need to know how to get there, wherever there is. So Ghana, it's, it's, it's almost like an art. Where you pull over after somebody's been nagging you for like 20 minutes, just pull over and ask for directions. Fine, fine, right? You pull over to the gas station and you say, excuse me, sir. And somebody comes, yeah, what's up? Hey, I need directions to get to Woodview Way. Woodview Way. It's an art, right? It's this whole production. Yeah, Woodview Way, I know Woodview Way. And they lean into your window and they say, what you're going to do is you're going to take a take, uh, loop around this building here. You're going to bang a left. You're going to reach a four-way traffic light. That's Main Street right there. That's Main Street. You're going to cross over Main Street. It's going to become Central Street under the bridge. You're going to find a whirling little road back there. You're going to go over a reservation road. You're going to bang a left at the Animal Hospital. That's 133 right there. You're going to go up. You're going to go to another set of lights. There's going to be a mobile gas station, IRS on your left. Mobile gas is on your right. You're going to bang that right. You're going to your way. You're good to go. Right? It's an, it used to be an art. It used to be an art. But now it's just like, I'll just punch it into, I'll just punch it into my GPS. Gone are those, are going to be those days when you stop and ask for directions because you've, you've got this. But I don't want to hear directions anymore. Like, I, I, I'm like, I, I got a GPS. I'm good. Just tell me, just tell me where to go. What is the destination? And I'll punch it in. And the worst is when, when you tell a person that you only need the address, when they're like, hey, are you coming over to my house? And you say, yes, just give me the address. And they're like, all right, the address is 50 Woodview Way in Andover, Mass. All right, cool. Thanks. I'll see you there. What you want to do is you want to take 495. Where are you coming? You coming north or you coming south? And it's like, no, it's, it's fine, really. Just give me the address. I'll, I'll get there. All right. 50 Woodview Way. I know Mass. All right, cool. So are you coming north or are you coming south from 93 or from 495 or, you know, 95, which is like you're, forget it. <laughs> it's just good luck. Good luck from there, right? My dad does that. Every time he's, he wants to give me directions, right? Like, this is what you want to do. You want to take a left, you're going to go, Dad, I've got it. I just need to, I just need the address. Leave me alone. <laughs> it reminds me of this show 
Some of you maybe have seen it or heard of it. It's called The Amazing Race. Has anybody ever heard of this show, Amazing Race? So it's this reality TV show, uh, game show, uh, where competitors pair up into, uh, into teams. Uh, pairs of people run all over the world versus other teams. And each episode, so each week, one stage of the race finishes at a checkpoint. You have these things that you have to do, and you, you reach a checkpoint until you reach your, your destination eventually. And players are awarded some type of uh, prize or reward if they reach it first. So each task showcases the, the culture that it's in. So it's usually different, different countries. So these people are, are, are from, you know, they, the contestants are in a different country. They don't know their surroundings. They don't know the culture, the people. And so they're placed in these situations where they gotta, they gotta find, find uh, their destination. And unlike some reality TV drama, America, uh, uh, Amazing Race contestants are doing creative and really difficult things. Some physical, some you know, strategic. And, and sometimes luck determines who wins each stage, all right? But, but so, lots of times, it takes actual strategy. It takes actual strategy. Very rarely do, do people know the language of, of, of the country that they're in. Very rarely do they know how to navigate uh, around the city that they are in. And, and that's why every team at some point has to stop and ask for help, at some point. And almost every episode involves uh, contestants approaching locals okay, and asking them for directions, asking them for assistance in finding a destination. <clears throat> so players usually ask for help in one of two ways, or, uh, the contestants. They say they ask for help. They say, hey, we need to get to this big cathedral because there's going to be a briefcase there. Can you tell, just tell us how to get there? And they'll do the whole spiel, right? This is what you want to do. Okay, thanks. And they're off. They're running. That's one way. They're in a hurry. And then by, before they get there, they're confused about was it a right or was it a left? Okay, where were we supposed to go? And then they're confused before they reach that checkpoint. So they ask for help and they take off. Others ask for more than just help. They say, excuse me, sir. Yeah, we need to get to this place. Will you go with us? Will you join us? Can you come with us and show us the way? Will you join us? In other words, I really need your help because I am lost without you. We need you to come with us. It's, it's tell me how to get there versus take me there. Excuse me. It's tell me how to get there versus take me, take me there. So the right approach seems pretty obvious for us in a show like this, okay? But if, if, if I'm honest, the response, the first response is a good description of, of how I approach my relationship with God. If I'm just honest with myself, when I, when I find myself really needing something, when I find myself in trouble, when I find myself in a painful situation or tragedy strikes with, with a big decision that I have to make immediately, when I have a big project or an event or a performance that I, I want to go very well, right? whether it's the scholastic or, or whatever it is, I frantically ask God for help. God, please help me. Tell me what I got to do. God, how do I get to where I want to go? What, what do I do next? 
Will you please, God, just point me in the right direction. Point me in the right direction. And then I usually take off before he's, he can give me an answer. And I kind of get a little impatient. And I take off. And I'm like, okay, I think you're telling me to. Right? So I'm just going to go. I'm going to go ahead and do it. And just like the amazing race contestants in a foreign country, I find myself lost, unsure, confused. And I'm like, wait, did God really did God tell me that? Or was it that I just rushed to judgment? really quickly. So I take a guess and I move on to the next checkpoint. Often God is who we go to in big moments when we need quick answers. We need him to point in a certain direction. God, tell me what to do. Tell me where to go and I'll go there. Okay, thank you, God. And we're, and we're off to the races. But God is a person. He is someone who wants a relationship. And he wants to be the guide that goes with us. He doesn't want us to just go to him in prayer and say, God, tell me what to do. He wants us to spend time with him in prayer, to get lost in him. And say, God, will, will you go? I don't want to go anywhere if you are not with me. God wants to be close to us. And it's easier said than done. I mean, when, when was the last time <clears throat> that you asked God to guide you as you walked into work on a Monday morning, January 2nd, right? 7, 8, 39. Or when was the last time that you asked God to guide you when you went on a date? Or when was the last time that you asked God to guide you as you walked back into your house after coming home from work, after a very long day, stressful day at work. And this is not to make anyone feel guilty this morning. I'm not trying to make you feel bad, but almost all of us would answer the same way. But, but, but here's, here's the point. It's difficult to remain aware of God's presence. It's difficult. It's, it's hard to invite him into the small moments of our lives sometimes. And there's a few reasons why. We either forget. We forget to invite him into every little area of our lives. We have no idea what that would even look like. Okay, how, how do I do that? Is it just lip service? Or no one ever told us that we could. No one ever told us. You can walk closely with God. You absolutely can. And being aware of his presence is a big part of that. And it may be easier than you think. Maybe it's not that hard. Jesus actually explains what this looks like in this conversation that he has with his disciples. So um, what JP just read, they're all eating together in what ended up being the last meal before um, Jesus was going to be crucified. And the disciples were feeling some anxiety because you know, Jesus was saying some strange, weird things at the time, and they didn't really fully get it. See, he was saying that he was going to go away and, and, and that they, they couldn't come with him where he was going. And this was starting to stress them out a little bit. If Jesus disappears, then, then where, where would that leave us, right? So they're thinking, what's going to happen to us? So to calm the disciples down and to strengthen them, Jesus gave them an illustration that would end up helping them in the days ahead, that would help them in the days ahead. 
So again, we'll in, into three parts really quick. The first part of John 15, 5, he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. So they're thinking, okay, gardening metaphor, I actually have a chance to understand this, okay? Vine and branches were things that they uh, regularly, things in nature that they regularly saw. Jesus refers to himself as the vine. For the branches, the vine was the source of life. So they're like, I get it. The vine is a source of life. It's where the branch gets what it needs to survive, what it gets what it, uh, it gets what it needs to thrive. And then he says, if you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. So Jesus is saying that a big step for you is to stay in step with me, disciples. That's the biggest step, to stay connected to me. Because when you do, things come to life in proper working order. There's a life that God intends for all of us. And because God is the source of that life, the vine, the more connected that you stay to him, the more of him you will experience. He shines through you. He recharges you. He guides you toward the best path possible. And that's the fruit that Jesus is talking about here. So in the amazing race, the contestants who are least stressed are the ones who take a capable guide with them. They don't have all the pressure of having to figure everything out like the ones that leave their guides behind. They're not, it's not that they're lazy, right? It's not that they're lazy and say, I can't do this by myself, so I've got to take a guide with me. No, it's, it's that they have a sense of peace now because they're connected to their guide. And the same is true for you this morning. All the pressure of bearing fruit, fixing everything and doing everything right, is not on your shoulders. It's not. Jesus makes it clear in this passage that it, it shouldn't be. It should not be. His goal is not to give you stress. His goal is to give you life. And he is the source of that life. If you want to get the most out of life, stay connected to the source of it. But sometimes what happens is that we get distracted. We lose our focus. We get busy. Or we forget him as soon as we, we reach our next checkpoint. The next checkpoint in our lives. The next goal. The next thing that we have to, to accomplish, finish. Or the next place we have to get to. Whether it's intentional or not, we do it. And what Jesus says next is huge. And it's an exclamation point on this whole verse. <clears throat> Jesus concludes, apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. You can try to do everything on your own. You can accomplish some great things in this world, but you won't bear the fruit that God intends for you unless you stay connected to me, to the source. And by the way, getting disconnected doesn't mean that you no longer have a relationship with God. It just means that you're missing out on the most of life. And I don't want you to miss out this year. And Jesus doesn't want you to miss out either. The great news is that God is with you and God is for you. He loves you and he wants nothing more than to help you. But he wants to go with you. He wants to be a part of that plan. He wants to be a part of that pursuit with you. But we forget that he's there sometimes. You and I 
Folks, we have access to the most powerful, loving, transformational person in existence. Tim Keller, author and pastor, uh, once wrote in a, in a Facebook post that somebody shared with him uh, of his. He says, the only person who dares wake up a king at 3 a.m. for a glass of water is a child. We have that same kind of access. Can you imagine that? We have the same kind of access to God. Remaining or staying connected to God is something that we can practice, something that we can get better at. It's a habit that we can build. We have the ability to be close to God. We just have to remain in Him. Sure, there's lots of ways of developing this skill, if you want to call it that, reading the Bible, praying, <clears throat> spending time with others who are connected with him. Those are, those are all great ways to remain in him. But for this week, I like, you know, with the students, I give them this week, this is what you got. So for this week, just ask God, God, will you, will you guide me this, this week? God, will you guide me this year? God, will you guide me today? Will you be my guide? Or just say, God, tell me what I've got to do. Tell me where to go. It's a great question to begin your day with. It's a great question to begin 2017 with. Before a class, before a conversation, before you walk into your home, post to social media, please. Before you go on a date, before you walk into church, God, will you guide me? It's a way of learning to plug yourself into the source before you face the next part of your day. I encourage you to try it. No matter what it takes, find a way to remind yourself that God is with you and that you can ask him to be your guide and you can ask him whenever, wherever. Now, it may not always come naturally. It may feel awkward, may feel a little bit weird, but asking God to guide you is a big, big deal. Because he made you. And that means that because he made you, you can trust that what he says, you can trust what he has to say when it comes to what he wants for us. He's looking out for you. He's looking out for all of us. And he wants us to live lives that are connected to him. Because he knows that being connected and close to him sets us up for the most fulfillment in life. The most. So as we head out today, I... I want you to start here. Ask God, again, ask God to be your God. And stay plugged. Stay plugged in, remain, or abide in the one who wants to bring you to life. So, whatever goal you have, how will you get there? How will you get there? Stay connected to the source of, of, of life. It's tasting and seeing God is good, experience him, experiencing him versus just reading and learning about him. You may discover, you just may discover that remaining in him is the ultimate goal. Now scratch that. Remaining in him is the ultimate goal. Remaining in him is the ultimate goal. Abiding in his presence is the best achievement that you can ever reach. Staying connected to the vine, to the source of, of, of life, is living out your purpose, is your goal. I am the vine, you are the branches. 
If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. God bless you.